Good morning, girls. Great to see everybody again. Uh, we are introduced in this week's Pasha Tavram Avinu, this incredible individual. Uh, together with his uh, wife, Sarah, they accomplished so much. They brought uh, monotheism into the, into the world, this uh, understanding that there's one God who we can connect to, who we can love. And literally, he changed the, uh, the landscape of uh, human history. And certainly by being the father of the Jewish people, he was... Uh, really the main initial catalyst to put into effect the mission of the world. As we spoke about a couple of weeks ago, Reish's Bar Lakim, Bishvil Yisrael, Bishvil Torah, it all started really with Avraham Avinu in this week's Parsha. There's one episode that really, I think, opens up our eyes to something so empowering, something that I think is so liberating when we are able to sort of live this concept and really appreciate it. Because, you know, way too often we are a world that looks for results. And uh, let's be honest, even school, uh, you know, the whole idea of grades and, and uh, you know, competitive situations, not that we encourage competition, but the reality is, uh, you know, uh, there are awards that are competitive. Uh, we want to get good grades for college acceptances, et cetera, et cetera. And, uh, it's a result-oriented society. And to some degree, we fall into that trap by being results-oriented. And that's why, uh, you know, we're sort of, we have to sort of play the game with the rest of the world about grades, et cetera, et cetera. That's just sort of the, the way things operate. But it's really not the way it's supposed to be. Ultimately, in the way the world is run by Kodesh Baruch Hu, the way Klai Yisrael runs in its relation with Kodesh Baruch Hu, it's not about results. It's really not about results. It's about the effort. It's about doing the job, about doing what you can do. Because at the end of the day, results are really not up to us. Our, our ability is to extend ourselves to the extent that we can. Beyond that, Akash Baruch Hu decides results. There are people who can work very hard. And at the end of the day, it doesn't seem to add up. I work very hard. I am holding down two jobs, but somehow it doesn't seem to, I don't make ends meet. Other people, whatever they touch turns to gold and with minimal work, they're, they're, the money's rolling in. And it's not about brain power. It doesn't mean one person's more intelligent, uh, more gifted or anything else. It's really about the way Kodesh Baruch Hu decides to sort of bless any given endeavor. And it, the words that, we would hear from our Rebbe very often throughout the years uh, that I was in Chavetz Chaim. I had this of hearing from uh, our yeshiva so often, said Shmuzim in the yeshiva. But he would always say, Lo alecham ligmar. That's actually a chazal, but he, he would remind us. And even though he would inspire us to go out and teach Torah and maybe to start yeshivas and uh, become uh, rabbis in different communities, he would always remind us at the end of the day, you cannot measure your success and what you're doing based on results. You have to measure it based on the effort that you're putting in. And Akash Baruch will take care of the results. And this is true on so many different levels. But we have an insight in this week's parsha that really, really is eye-opening. Because Akash Baruch Hu, right before he's going to tell, in the process of telling Avraham Avinu this incredible future, this future that 
has a Yitzchak coming down, down the pike. Yitzchak's going to be born. You're going to have children. You're going to have a nation. I'm going to bless you. I'm going to give you a land. This incredible vision and mission of really the, the whole essence of the world, of why this universe is here, to, for the Jewish people to receive the Torah and to fulfill the Torah. As he's beginning to tell them that, he says, tell Avram Avinu that, he tells Avram Avinu, let's, take, let's go outside. Let's take a little walk. He takes a walk with Avram Avinu, takes him outside, and he says, Avram, count the stars. Count the stars. Can you count the stars? And he said, then he says, Ko Go out and count the stars. You see, you won't be able to count the stars. There are too many to count. Ko And the obvious question, I saw one of the uh, great sages of the 20th century uh, point this out. I said, I mean, he, why are you even counting? Clearly the, the end result is I will not be able to count all the stars in the sky. Maybe LA on a smoggy day when you can see two stars, you can count the stars in the sky. But if you go out to a clear night and you see thousands upon thousands of stars in the sky, it is obvious that I will not be able to count every star. So maybe Kodesh Baruch Hu should have just said, Avram, just like you can't count the stars, you will not be able to count your children. They will be so many in numbers, you will not be able to count them. Just say it that way. What, what do you mean? Count the stars? And like he starts counting, and then when he loses clear, clearly track, and he's not able to count them all because it's just not uh, humanly possible, uh, then he then he rec- says, okay, well, you know, I have a message for you. Like what? It seems like an exercise in futility. And girls, and the answer is not at all. It's an exercise in how Klai Yisrael has always been throughout the centuries. From the beginning of time, HaKadosh Baruch Hu is saying, Ko you want to know how you and I will operate? You want to know our relationship? You want to know at the end of the day, how you have to understand results in this world? It's not up to you. Count the stars. Go out and count. Go out and do as much as you can. When you can't anymore and you're done, then I will say to you, you've done your job. I will tell you now, as, as you started to count and recognize in your effort that you can't count all those stars in the sky, so too will be your children. And, and so too will be the legacy of how your children operate. Your children will operate that they might not be sure how we're going to make this happen. How is it going to work? So many questions, so many challenges. How is it all going to come together? It looks so impossible. And you know what? HaKadosh Baruch Hu pulls it off. HaKadosh Baruch Hu, there's nothing impossible. There are many different things that HaKadosh Baruch Hu can do to make the impossible possible. Just by one example, we spoke about the Mir Yeshiva last week. So we didn't get have a chance to discuss when the Mir Yeshiva got to Shanghai. And they, again, many miracles along the way. And obviously, Sugihara uh, being the first and foremost of those miracles in terms of giving them the, the, the passports and the, the, the visas. But you're traveling with the yeshiva. You're in one group of 400 people. There were an additional 400. But certainly this group was together. And where are you going to find a place to stay together? And would they end up in, in Shanghai? Shanghai, a nice little, uh, not so little uh, city in China near the... Near the, the um, the water there, it's a port a port area, and like, we're 400 people, and it looked impossible. Where are we going to find a place? Well, 
Yeah, it is impossible under typical terms, but Frakadish Baruch Hu, all he has to do is have a Jew 15, 16 years earlier, a very wealthy Jew, have a dream and have a vision that I want to build this incredible edifice in the middle of Shanghai. Why? Well, who's going to use it? What are you doing? You're spending hundreds of thousands of dollars to build this incredibly large edifice that will never be used. We have no reason for it. There's no, there's no community in Shanghai. What, like, what, what are you thinking? I know we have to build it. Akash Baruch Hu has his Jew build in the 1920s. He has his Jew build this incredible edifice so that in 1940 or 41, when the Jews finally got to Shanghai and they stayed there for till the end of the war, they had a place to stay. So it looks impossible. There's just no way, right? Who in the world would have a building enough for 400 yeshiva boys? Well, Akash Baruch Hu can make it work. And this is one example of the thousands upon thousands of situations that while it might look like it can't happen. It might look bleak. I can just tell you personally, in 2006, I believe it was, when, when the downturn in the economy and uh, the, the, everybody's financial situation went upside down and the prospects for the yeshiva financially seemed very difficult. And if you can't run a yeshiva financially, ultimately you can't run it. And what are you going to do? And, and it, it didn't seem like there was any which way. And that wasn't just our yeshiva. There are many yeshivas in that situation. Many and many similar episodes throughout the decades of various yeshivas with extreme challenges. Uh, and it doesn't look possible. It doesn't, the numbers don't add up. How are you going to find in a week half a million dollars? I, I just, it's not... Kishbrochu has many ways. Kishbrochu has incredible systems uh, all over the place. There is actually a zero shortage of possibilities. But it only becomes daunting when we think it's our job to finish the job. Remember, go out and count. Count the stars of Ramavinu. And when you can't count anymore, one of the most important episodes in Jewish history, the Jewish people escaped Mitzrayim. And they went out in glorious fashion. And then there they were, facing the Yamsuf. And they had the Mitzrayim behind them. And they had the Yamsuf in front of them. And it, what are we going to do? This We're done. We're done for. Well, because Baruch Hu says move. Move, okay? So some people are, hey, when you move, there's no place to move to. Moshe Ben, what do you say? Move. Nachshon said, God said, move, move. But you're walking into the sea. That's not my job. God said, move. I move. And he moved. He started walking into the sea. When his foot touched the uh, water, nothing happened. When his waist got into the water, nothing happened. When he went into the water, and the water is over his head, and he kept walking, because he he walked, because HaKadosh Baruch Hu said to walk. He said, go into the sea, I'm following HaKadosh Baruch Hu. It's not my job to make it happen. My job is to do what I need to do. And that's when the sea split. When, especially very often, when the... There is no more recourse. When you've reached the end of the line, when you've done what you need to do, you counted the stars, the message is so clear. Because is not saying, I'm just going to make it happen. You count the stars. You go out and do the effort you need to do. It'll happen. I'll make it happen. And if it doesn't happen, it's on you. It's on me. Because Baruch Hu has a, had a different plan. There's always say, it doesn't say it happens the way we want it to happen. But Akash Baruch Hu is the arbiter of those decisions. And if we live our lives that way, if we recognize it's all beyond Hashem, can you imagine how liberate, liberating that is? How the, the, the angst and the pressure of life really gets removed off your shoulders? Where it's not 
as long as you know you've done everything you can to, to make something happen after that at that point, it it doesn't it doesn't it's not my issue. That's why the Chavetz Chaim says so beautifully when we finish a scene, we say Anu Amelim. Uh, when you finish your Gemara, you finish your Masech, then you, you make a party and we say certain special prayers at the end of that, uh, of that uh, seal. When we finish the Masech, and we say, Anu Amelim Ve'ema Melim. We toil and they toil. Anu Amelim Mekabim Schar, Ve'ema Melim Ve'ena Mekabim Schar. We toil and we get reward and they toil and they don't get reward. And the Chavaz Chaim says, what do you mean they don't get reward? They get plenty of reward. Many, many uh, superstars and uh, actors and, uh, and uh, business moguls are making a lot of money. What do you mean they toil, they don't get a reward? So wh- why are we saying that? And he says, no, look at the language. Look at the succinct language of that statement. We toil and we get reward. We don't finish the job. Our job is to toil. Our job is to put the effort in. Our job is to try to do the Ratzon Hashem. And at the end of the day, whether it's successful or not, is not up to us. But we get to Schar because we're Amel. In the secular world, in the outside world, the results are not given for effort. The results, if, if, if somebody would try to start up a company and it could be the most brilliant guy in the world, but nobody would buy software from Microsoft or computers from Microsoft, well, then Bill Gates would not be Bill Gates. And, and if Tiger Woods never could... Uh, sink a putt, he wouldn't be Tiger Woods. And if uh, LeBron James couldn't score any points, he would be a nobody. We wouldn't even know from him. The results are what count in the secular world, but not in in the spiritual world, not in our world. Our world, it's the effort that counts. And when we realize that we take that off of our shoulders, I did the best I could, and now it's in HaKadosh Baruch Hu's hands, whether it's Parnassah, whether it's mitzvahs, whether it's making yeshiva, whatever it might be. If we had that perspective, it's not on me. It's not on Kodesh Baruch Hu. I'm relying on Kodesh Baruch Hu. He's going to take it, whatever it is. It's fine. Kodesh Baruch Hu, you run the world. It's not upon me to, to finish the job. You finish all jobs. I just put in what I, what I need to do. And we have this perspective. It is, and this is essentially bitachon. Essentially, what, what this is, what I'm describing, is a, is a concept of bitachon, of trusting in HaKadosh Baruch Hu, to know who truly one, runs the world, how my attitude needs to be in terms of my yishtadlut. I have to put in the effort, but I don't control the results. And that's what HaKadosh Baruch Hu was telling, uh, was telling Avram Avinu. That's the way we're going to operate. You guys do your job. I'll take care of the results. And the results of Kleistral still being here after this long and horrible gullus, that's the biggest proof that the results are in HaKadosh Baruch Hu's hands because no one else can explain this. No one else could possibly explain why we're still here. Mark Twain writes his famous essay, The Mystery of the Jews. How, how, how do they do it? How does the nation get downtrodden and stepped on and persecuted and, and torn asunder from every direction and they're still here and at the top echelons of any single endeavor, there they are. But the Nobel Prizes and all the types of advancements in all types of areas, forgetting about the Torah is, is, is obvious, but even, even in areas where they don't, where they're not going into Torah, they seem to always rise to the top. How does this happen? Because Baruch has got our back and he makes the decisions and he's the one who closes the deal, so to speak, in any particular endeavor. And when we look at it that way, it really, I think it gives us also a greater emphasis to try. Because we really, the, the, the more we try and the more effort we put in, 
recognizing that it's the toil that really matters and not about the results, that toil produces the, the bracha. That extra effort produces tremendous bracha. Just to stop and to think for a minute about Avram Avinu, who, whose whole life was Kirut, and his whole life was, was trying to teach him and Sarah together change the world, right? They changed the world. They were Makai of so many people. They, uh, Avram was Magai of the, the men. Sarah was Magai of the, the women. And they, they turned over so much of, of, of the planet in terms of their uh, exposure. They're exposing them to, to uh, monotheism, to belief in HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And yet, even, when, even in Avram Avinu, just so incredible, one of the greatest things we can do and the greatest uh, uh, missions we can have is to try to make the Shem Shemayim. That was Avram's mission of teaching, of, of teaching about monotheism, teaching about God, making a kid a Shashem. That's what we have to do. And it's amazing that when Avram sort of gave up a little bit, he spent his whole life trying to be Makar of the world. When it came to Lot, what happened in this week's parasha, Avram says, Lot, this is not working out. You go your way, I go my way, but we're not, we're not working out. And what's amazing is not working out. I mean, Rashi says, as long, when, when Lot, as long as Lot was in the house, Avram Avinu didn't have, didn't have a connection with HaKadosh Baruch Hu. HaKadosh Baruch Hu did not talk to Avram while he was close to this Russia, Lot. Only after Lot chose to go to Sodom does, Avram, does HaKadosh Baruch Hu come back to Avram Avinu. But despite that, even though there's so much Avram should, should have wanted Lot to leave, but and there's justification for it, because after all, Lot was, the shepherds were stealing and it was getting to be a problem. But the, but the Gemara says there was a criticism against Avram Avinu. You could have tried a little harder, Avram. You can macarve the whole world, but you can't macarve your, your nephew Lot. Couldn't, you couldn't pull it off. You couldn't somehow find a way to keep him in the house. But what do you mean? He's, he's a, he's a, he's a, he was a, wasn't a good guy. And because of him, I, I wasn't even talking to you. You weren't communicating with me. So it was, wouldn't it be a good thing to, for him to, uh, to, uh, to leave? And therefore, I would be closer to you? Avram, that's not your calculation. Your calculation is you do what you have to do. And your job is to try to keep load as close to you as possible. I'll worry about the communication. I'll worry about your spirituality. You just do what the Shulchan Aruch, what the Torah tells you to do. And clearly the decision should have been to try to find a way for Lot to stay close. And finally, you see it so much in next week's parasha where, where Avram Avinu is told in this week's parasha, Yitzchak is going to be your child, but next week he's told to take your child and, and shecht him, bring, put him on an altar. <laughs> put him on an altar. You just told me that he's going to be the future of the Jewish people. We're going to have a great nation coming out of Yitzchak. So, HaKadosh Baruch what's going on? Avram didn't say that. Avram didn't start turning, turning around and asking HaKadosh Baruch what's, what's the deal here? He simply accepted the fact. It's not my job to finish the deal. It's my job to do what I have to do. If we can embrace this principle. If we can live our life this way. If we can develop the bitachon and the menuchas and nefesh, the inner tranquility, to have this kind of trust in HaKadosh Baruch Our job is to do our job is to persevere, push as hard as we can, go till the water is over our head. When we can't go anymore, when we started counting the stars, and when we finally, I lost count, I can't count them anymore. Oh, that's when Akash Baruch says, you did yours, I'll do mine. Let's do ours. And it's because of our efforts and our perseverance and our pushing and having been talking Akash Baruch but doing what we need to do to the extent that we possibly can, 
Because Baruch Hu Hashem will finish the ultimate job, and that's, of course, to bring us Meshach, Meheri Menu. Have a beautiful Shabbos. Take care.